The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest, the esteemed Richard Harris, CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management, with us. So got a kind of quirky question for you here, Richard. I think for most of this year, we have seen the Fed as the dark night. How much longer will that be? The dark night, but maybe not uh, quite the white night. I mean, it looks as if uh, the economies uh, in the U.S. at least is uh, pretty strong. It looks as if the Fed is not really going to change its tack. And the fact that they've moved from 75 basis points to maybe a, a standard 50 basis points is not particularly good news when you think interest rates are still going to go up. So, uh, so no, not the white night, but certainly the black night. So uh, where do you see uh, the corner being turned for the Fed? Because we get four new voting members next year. Do, do you anticipate that's going to bring any change in rhetoric? Well, it sounds like the Supreme Court, doesn't it? Uh I don't know, because we don't really know what these new uh, Fed uh, governors are, are actually going to say uh, and which um, uh, side of the street they're actually going to go on. But uh, I think that if you're looking at it as an analyst, you have to say that inflation is still stubbornly high. Yes, it's been coming down, but still stubbornly high in the service sector. We're looking at um, really quite high levels compared to what we have if you take a, a you know a four year mean or something like that and it seems difficult to imagine that the fed is really going to bang inflation on the head with the sort of rates levels they've got at the moment Richard, we had a guest on earlier who said the main reason that um, we're seeing we will eventually see recession uh, is because of the Fed. Uh, and if you look at the data today, it was pretty strong. So if that really is the case, that the, this is not an organic recession that's coming because of some uh, fissures in the, in the economy, but it's, it's really being led by the Fed. Doesn't that mean then uh, that with the reins, firmly in control that the Fed uh, could could slow down at the appropriate time and engineer a soft landing. I mean, nobody thinks a soft landing is coming. That's what it seems like from the guests we talked to. Well, that's right. And, and I, I think that's because the markets look quite unstable at the moment. You know, we've got a fairly strong economy, but certainly some weakness in, in parts of the economy in, in terms of earnings. You've got a discontinuity there. You've got reasonably high inflation that's stubbornly high and the Fed uh, with interest rates that are still quite low. Um, I actually blame the Fed for a lot of things, but I wouldn't blame them for an oncoming recession because recessions are part of economies. You know, they come every now and then. And the reason we haven't seen them and the reason why the teenage scribblers haven't really written about them in the last 15, 20 years is every time there's a smell of a recession, uh, the Fed has cut rates. They cut them to uh, virtually zero, uh, which is uh, impossible. Money can't be worth nothing. Uh, so we're in a situation now where we have to really roll back a lot of that. Um, and in that rolling back into a more normalized uh, situation in the economy, we are going to get quite a lot of instability. Um, 
Um, so I think the criticality that people are seeing in the markets at the moment uh, is there. It's sound. The only question is whether uh, the economies are able to pull themselves um, out of the trough or whether they fall deeply into it. And that really depends on events, dear boy. Yeah, you make a very good point uh, about you know, the sweep of history. Before the global financial crisis, there was nothing surprising at all about having rates in positive territory and, and firmly in positive territory. So when you're looking around at places to put your money to work, um, uh, where do you look now? Well, it's it's tough if you're looking at a bearish environment. You know, you can't run, you can't hide. I think tactically, you have to be looking at China. I mean, China's obviously in the news for all the wrong reasons at the moment. But uh, I like to look at themes and trends that have happened elsewhere. And we know in the second and third quarter of 2020, after we had those very difficult lockdowns um, in the West, the economies bounce substantially. I, I think we'll see that in China as well. And I think that'll help uh, China. And I think uh, Hong Kong is a bit of a leverage play on China. I think it'll help Hong Kong quite a lot. So you've got that. Um, But if we are looking at a bearish scenario, you know, if you're looking at your underlay, your canvas, you've got to continue to be in the dollar. Um, And the third thing is I'd favor equities over bonds, because I think in this environment, bonds are definitely not the place to be. So you're saying equities are not a bad hiding place. Uh, What would be the theme that drives that? Would it be free cash flow or high dividends or or simply quality companies uh, that have proven it over time? I mean, how do you how do you set up your metrics? Well, all of those things. But I think perhaps the most important thing is pricing power in uh, in the markets because as you have an inflationary environment you need to put up prices you know your your money your revenue is falling in real terms by probably 7 10% a year at the moment uh, and you need to keep putting your prices up now customers are very unhappy if you put them up in small in large uh, bites um, over a long period of time they're much happier putting it up in small amounts so i think if you're looking at consumer staples they're likely to remain solid because uh, you know you go to the supermarket prices go up a penny or two here and there nobody really notices it Um, unless you've been away for six months. So that sort of area is, I think, where I'm focusing at the moment. So it's very much a stock picker's active investor market. We pretty much around about this time in the quarter uh, start hearing portents of doom about what the next quarter of earnings is going to look like and future earnings quarters as well. And then things typically don't turn out quite as badly as we expected. Do you feel like the talk of earnings recessions is sometimes overdone? Well, I I think you're right, Paul. Things often don't turn out as badly as we expect. And uh, one of the problems that analysts have is we're always there. uh, Things are going to happen tomorrow. Very often, these things happen over a long period of time. Now, uh, of course, we see the seasonality in the market. You know, January the 1st, as we saw last year, could be a time of reversal. We could see the market come off quite a bit. But you're quite right. These things don't happen instantly. They happen over periods of time. Even this year, we had, uh, you know, pretty well in a bear market beginning to end of the year. But it's happened largely over the year rather than um, over a short period of time. So yes, I think the the future looks gloomy, uh, but whether we'll have a big sharp shock, you know, once again, is just dependent on the, the circumstances of events that are likely to pop up. Richard, do you think we'll see the rise of the consumer again in China in 2023? 
Well, you, you know, it's funny. When I was uh, last there, which, of course, is a while ago now because of, of COVID, you know, the consumer always seems quite healthy. Um, uh, you know, shops are full, restaurants are full. Um, I think the consumer wants to consume. But, of course, you know, with a difficult economy, it's likely the government is going to want to uh, insert its, its buying power into the economy. And that uh, rather, uh, if you like, overwhelms uh, consumption. So I can't see... If if you're looking at raw economic figures, that so the consumer is going to be particularly healthy. But, you know, once again, as we've seen in other parts of the world, um, you know, once the lockdown comes off, you have revenge spending. So um, uh, I think we're going to see that in China, too, which will help that market on a tactical basis. Can it escape inflation, though? Because elsewhere we've had revenge spending plus inflation. Are things different in China? I don't think so. No, I think inflation is likely to be there in China as, as with everything else. Now, of course, China has to keep one eye on what the world economy is doing. If we have a very difficult world economy next year, China is not going to be able to escape uh, that kind of recession. So, of course, you've always got these things that may temper an overall view. Um, uh, but I, I, I think that you know, the authorities will keep an eye on inflation and we'll just have to manage it uh, as, as people are in the West, you know, with uh, 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 lending restrictions or, or, or in interest rates. To Japan, do you think we could see a great rotation out of bonds into equities, uh, given what's happening with monetary policy in the BOJ? Well, you know, we've got a big pivot by the BOJ in perhaps the biggest indicator that you can have in most economies. So I, I think the answer is yes. You know, uh, China looks like a, a tactical bet, and perhaps Japan does as well in a, in a much smaller extent. But I, I've seen some of the reports that uh, people are going to come back in, you know, with, with, with both feet, you know, both trotters and their snouts as well. Uh, I don't think that's likely to be the case. I think we're probably likely to see uh, uh, an increase, um, uh, some optimism, uh, but not the kind of uh, increase that you'd see in China. All right, Richard, thank you very much for being with us. Love the, uh, love the color that you bring to the program. And happy holidays. Richard Harris, CEO at Port Shelter Investment Management. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.